Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Lower League Looks League One podcast. Too many L's in that first sentence. Uh, I am Seb and I'm joined as usual by Jamie. Jamie, happy Monday. How are we doing? Hello, I'm all right. Very busy day, but nice way to finish it off on the podcast. So, so yeah, it's been uh, an interesting weekend uh, across uh, the various leagues. This is going to be all about League One. Lots of uh, different scores, lots of different talking points. Uh, but firstly, uh, were you affected by, by the snow at all uh, at the back end of last week? Yeah, well, I was meant to be in Sheffield for a, a non-league game, Hallam FC against uh, Lincoln United. I was meant to be working on that. And then we got to Friday morning and it was called off because the pitch was, you couldn't see the pitch because of all the snow. Um, but we had, a, we had a, uh, I guess, a silver line and I went to the, the Donny game instead and we won. The first win I've seen this season for us, so... That was um, sort of the silver lining to that cloud. But you you went to Barnsley, was it, Seb? Yes, I was at, at, at the Barnsley game uh, on Saturday. I'm sure we'll, we'll come to it uh, a mm. little bit later on. But that, that was a, a, a great result for, for us at home, um, coming back uh, to win. Uh, yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into uh, into that Barnsley game a little bit later on. We'll just sort of uh, give a little bit of overview of what we'll chat about. We'll start with... Uh, controversy regarding uh, the handball rule, uh, more so, and, and Stevenage's decision in that match. Yeah, we'll look at the the top teams dropping points. Only two teams within the top nine of League One only managed a win at the weekend. Then we'll take a short break and we'll move on to chatting about uh, favourites for the vacant position at Port Vale, and then we'll chat all things the other games, including uh, Reading and Lincoln. Uh, we'll move on to Stevenage, Jamie, and uh, there was uh, what you could say a controversial handball in this one. Uh, Steve Evans says it was 
disgraceful decision um, and he's sort of adamant of the fact that there might be an agenda against his side. Uh, firstly, have you seen it and uh, what do you make to the decision? Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not often one to agree with Steve Evans, but this weekend was the rare occasion where I saw the video uh, and went, you know what, Steve Evans is right about officials um, because I don't think that's a handball. It, from, I mean, the angle that uh, there was the Stevenage, um, the Stevenage Twitter account put out a video of it. It looks like it hits his shoulder at, at best, if it's his shoulder. or I, I don't think it's his head. I do think it's his shoulder. Um, but I'm sure the handball was in it is sleeve down, isn't it? So, a bit of a dodgy one. It's 98th minute as well, so a bit of, bit of kick in the teeth for them. Um, Steve Evans is, I'm not, not sure about the agenda. I know he was, he was the there was a couple of decisions in midweek he wasn't happy about. He said they should have had a couple of penalties against Reading, and then he's obviously, uh, I agree with him on this one that they should, um, that penalty shouldn't have been given. Uh, but it's it's one of those. I mean, everyone gets bad luck from officials, from injuries, from whatever. And it's, it's I guess it's how you you carry on after it more than anything else. Yeah, it was uh, Scott Tallis, the the referee, who um, he must well he, he thought that that there was a handball from a Stevens left back uh, Dan Butler. He tried to sort of block uh, across into the box on uh, the Port Vale right hand side and. At that late stage in the game, like you said, 90 plus 7, 90 plus 8, sort of uh, deep into additional time. Um, perhaps the pressure of the crowd, you know, the, the ball into the box. Um, yeah, I, I, I myself have, have seen the video and the more I look at it, the more I do think, you know, how, how was that given as handball, you know? So it's even... the lino that's given, isn't it? You could see that yeah. cause the, it didn't look like the ref was going to give it and then the lino's flag was going... Uh, up in the air, and then he, he sort it of was, immediately gives it. Yeah. It was quite confident the way. So, you yeah. know, sometimes referees can be quite hesitant in terms of decision making, but the lino, you know, on on that the side closest to where the ball was, you know, just a couple of yards away, was seemed to be pretty adamant with with the uh, force that he uh, waved his flag for for the foul. But yeah, the re- the referee was sort of, seemed to be sort of umming and ahhing a, a little bit, mm. but mm. it was the the linesman's flag that, that ultimately gave the, the penalty, and ultimately. Stephen has dropped three points, um, mm. which which is a shame. Um, yeah, and I think I think you, you've summed it up perfectly there. In that, it's just generally it's not often that uh, we as football fans, as League One fans, agree with Steve Evans, but clearly they've had a decision go against them, which he's not happy about, and rightly so. Yeah, broken clock right quite twice a day, isn't it? That's what they say, and I guess that's maybe that's where we are with Steve Evans, but it's. Uh, the agenda thing, thats I think that's the sort of dangerous aspect of it. If we, as soon as you start going around and saying there's an agenda against my team, the, the league don't want us as high up as we are, I think that's just ridiculous. Um, I don't know if he'll get any sort of punishment um, in terms of like a fine or anything. Another like handing those out to anyone that says, uh, some managers that say anything about officials. So I wouldn't be surprised the way he sort of banged on about that line now. Um, but yeah. I agree that the the decision was wrong, but the fact that he, when he thinks there's an agenda against his team, I think mean, it's 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 daft, really. And uh, and also in that game, there were perhaps two penalties uh, that weren't given. Uh, what are you sort of what are your thoughts on uh, the penalties that that the referee didn't award, as as opposed to the one that he he did right at the end? 
Now, I have to peek behind the curtain. I've only seen very limited highlights of that one, so I've not seen the other penalties. Uh, I know in, there was one a couple on midweek, wasn't there, on, when they lost to Reading, um, that they were very uh, sort of unhappy about some of the decisions there, and Steve Evans thought they should have had a couple of penalties in that one. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I meant the uh, meant the red one. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I know there was yeah there was definitely a couple in that that I mean you can make the arguments that the penalties and they're one of those. If sometimes they're given, sometimes they're not. It's them sort of decisions. I think. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a messy situation really with the officiating and just in uh, as as a whole in League One and League Two as well. I mean, I was at I, I can't go on about it too much, but I have got to get it in the the Donny win and the really officiating that honestly it was. It's dreadful. I mean, you, you see some of the officiating in the lower leagues, um, even in the EFL, and it's unbelievable, some of the officiating. Um, and this handball in the Port Vale game, I think it's it's right up there with one of the, the weirder decisions of the weekend, let's say. Yeah, and as for Stevenage, uh, drawing late against Port Vale uh, last Saturday, before that, losing to Redden in midweek, should there be a slight concern for Stevenage fans? Uh, I don't think so. I think, I mean, especially with these decisions that have gone around, you see, you can peg the blame on that, can't you? Um, and you look, I don't know how much sort of people um, put stock in stuff like XG stats and stats like that, but um, they seem to be playing okay. And it's only a couple of games, isn't it? It's a, a draw and a loss against two teams fighting for points to stay in the division. It's They're not easy games, even if they look like it on paper sometimes. Um so I don't think it's I don't think it's panic stations yet. I think there's a couple of teams maybe up that top end of the table that we'll talk about that maybe they should be panicking a little bit, but I, I don't think Stevenage are anywhere near panic stations. I mean it's maybe just a, a poor week rather than anything more. Yeah. Um Stevenage were one of uh, five sides in uh, the top nine to drop points. Only two wins, and they were uh, uh, Portsmouth and Barnsley. We'll start with Portsmouth, who currently sit at uh, the top of the league table. Uh, they beat Carlisle 1-0, Paddy Lane with the goal. Uh, Portsmouth now unbeaten in five, and with a couple of injuries not going their way, do you think that's a sign of real momentum and real sort of unity within Portsmouth? I think it's fantastic what they're doing. I mean, I know it's only 1-0, but a clean sheet and a win. And with those injuries, like you said, they had, it was three players, isn't it? They've been ruled out for the season, including the lad they brought in in January, McIntyre. He got sent off in his first game and that got rescinded, but he's done his ACL, I think. It might be, I think it might be his ankle, actually. Um, but he's out for the season. Um and they've they've done they're doing so well to sort of keep going. I mean, we all know they've got a great team. You mentioned Paddy Lane; he's got three goals in two games. They've got a great squad, and people like Owen Moxon sort of signing people like that. Um, it really shows the depth they've got. Thirteen points out of their last fifteen. After that, quite a poor run. And I know everyone was seem to be writing them off that they were. That's it. The the league's gone. They're going to barrel down the table, but they're still there. They're still top. Um, they have a couple of games in hand, don't they? Bolton and Derby, but. They're six points clear of uh, Derby, so it's a it's a good situation that Portsmouth are in, and they're showing, like you said, they're showing a real character that they're managing to pull out these results while they are without bodies and without key people in their team. They're still managing to win games of football, and I think that that's the sign of a winning team, isn't it? That they can win when the backs are against the wall. It's definitely key, and uh, that that result means that Portsmouth are now five in boot. Unbeaten, a big pardon, and that includes four wins, 13 
points from a possible 15. Uh, do you think Portsmouth will do it? Oh, um, well, I, I pegged for Bolton at the start of the season, so I'm, I might have to stand by that a little bit longer. Um, in Bolton, have got three games in hand, just having a quick glance at the table. And if they win those three games and they go above Portsmouth, obviously you'd rather points on the board than games in hand and all that sort of stuff. But I don't think it's um, out of the question that they will win the league. I think there's a very good chance that they can. Um, it's if the injuries catch them up. I think that will be the the only concern if all these um, these injuries that are stacking up, if come two, three months down the line, they've got maybe a couple more or they've got a few tired legs, then that's when the concern will start. Because if, if, sort of, if your team's running out of steam in February, then you've, something's gone wrong, hasn't it? Yeah, and I don't know if you know this or not, but they've only lost four games so far this season, mm. which is remarkable. And they've won uh, 59% of the, their games, won 19 out of 32. It's just remarkable, isn't it, for, for a side like Portsmouth that have been in the league for a long time. Mm. Uh, could finally be, be the year that, that they get out. And, and they certainly are not, you know, they're, they're winning the, the games, which is, which is what you need when, when you are pushing for promotion. They're not losing many, which is, again, what you need when, when you push for promotion. And it's been a real solid, other than a couple of uh, minor blips, it, it has been an overall real solid season for Portsmouth. I mean, I, I can't quite. That's that's fantastic. Have you worked out that? I can't work out averages. That was that that that's took me aback. That um, the, the win percentage. Yeah, that's fantastic. That. Um, but no, in seriousness, they're doing. Uh, they're playing good football. They're winning games is the most important thing, and they're winning them um, often and frequently, and that's the um, the key for them. If they can stay in that mix with the game in hand, I mean, you're not guaranteed to win them, are they? Bolton and Derby and. They've got a bit of a buffer that those games in hand, they can still be top after them, which is the key. Uh, and yeah, they're having a great season. There's no two ways about it. There's lots of naysayers, I guess. And I know maybe we were among them in January, but uh, you look now and they're, they're flying. And with the injuries, it's it's fantastic what they're, what they're doing, really, and how, they're, how well, consistently well they're playing. So as we move uh, from Portsmouth to uh, the only other side in the... Uh... The, the top nine that they managed to grab three points at the weekend, and that was, of course, uh, my beloved Barnsley. Uh, late comeback, uh, they went one nil down with it within 10 minutes against Leighton Orient, uh, but two late goals through Adam Phillips on 88 minutes and 90 plus five minutes gave, uh, gave us a big win. So it was a great comeback win to be fair. At times, it just didn't look great. Um, we were creating chances, loads of chances in that first half, but we found ourselves uh, 1-0 down. Um, and the second half, although we scored two goals, we actually looked, uh, the well, not the worst side, but we, we didn't look the better side as, as we did in, in the first half. So, um, yeah, overall, we were obviously very, very happy with, with the three points. But I, I don't know about you, Jamie, but I think it's a sign of a good team when you don't play well, but you still come out of the game with three points. Yeah, that's the key. Like, uh, like I guess we said a little bit with Portsmouth, the fact that they're winning without being at their best and having everyone available. And Barnsley are winning without uh, playing their best football, which is, yeah, like you've said, that is the sign of a winning team, that they can pull a, a result out of the bag. And especially, I mean, the draw against Bolton wasn't a bad result, but that loss against... Exeter not too long ago at home as well. I mean, that's a that was a really poor result, and they've managed to bounce back from that, and they're back on track now. Um, and yeah, to come back so late on, I mean, it's 
fantastic stuff, really. I've, I've nothing too much to add from your uh, from your gloating there. What can I say? Um, I've got a fun fact about Barnes as well. So, equalised in the 88th minute. It's the latest ever equaliser in a game that Barnes have gone on to win. Fantastic. So that, that it, it was fantastic, and uh, <laughs> at, around Oakwell on on Saturday, um, it it felt special in a, in a little way, which sounds really weird because Barnes are not in the top two, and they've sort of been around the top mm. six for for long spells of uh, this season. But it, it felt like something w- was building. This is the start of sort of a good momentum, a good a run to possibly push for for, for that top two. If not, then certainly sort of pushed towards the higher end of, of the playoff places. But there was it, there was definitely something building, both from the crowd and from the players. You know, both it works hand in hand. That's what they say. You know, not just at Opel, at any ground, at any ground. The fans help the players. The players help the fans. You know, they both need each other to to spur it on. And and that you definitely felt that on on Saturday. So um, a victory against Leighton Orient, who themselves are are in good good form. You know that they're just about in. In the top nine, um, in fact, Rich Wellens came into this having won the uh, the manager of the month award mm-hmm. for January, uh, and th- they were the, the the side in in the best form, eight uh, unbeaten or uh, ahead of 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 the Barnsley match. So uh, yeah, no no me feet to sort of uh, win win a side like that. We'll we'll come on to them a, a little bit later on, but um, we've done the two sides that managed to claim victory at the weekend. We'll move on to the sides that, that managed to uh, to share the spoils, if you like. We've already covered Stevenage. We move on to cover Derby and uh, an equaliser against Shrewsbury. Yeah, it was an interesting one. I think mean, um, a 97th minute equaliser in that one, wasn't it? That's one of those where you look at it and you go, "That's you, you come out, that's the sort of game. You'll come out the ground and you'll probably be happy because you've got a late equaliser. But you look at it on the face of it, they've got a draw against Shrewsbury. It's not a good result for a team like... Derby pushing at the right end of the table. Um, I guess the silver lining uh, is Max Bird, his third goal involvement in three games. He's in fantastic form and a really, really fantastic player. Um, they've got a good manager in Paul Warren. They've got a great squad. They've brought in some real quality during January, like Corey Blackett-Taylor. And they've got they've got all the tools to, to keep up with Portsmouth and Bolton and Barnsley and stay in that mix for the automatics. And yeah, a point's not the, the best result, but it's not the worst either. Is uh, the point uh, better for Paul Hurst and his Shrewsbury side, or is it better for Paul Warren and his dab side? Uh, I mean, you're probably going to look at Shrewsbury, aren't you? Because a draw against a top two a team in the second place, I mean, that's a fantastic result for um, a team like Shrewsbury. We're struggling at the wrong end of the table, and it's a real congested bottom half of the table, and they? They're, they're the sort of points come the end of the season. They're the valuable ones, aren't they? They're, you pick up unexpectedly against teams a lot higher than you in the table. So it's a it's a good point for Shrewsbury. Yeah, Derby, as you said, still in uh, the automatic places as things stand. Uh, move on to Bolton. And their game was, was also uh, 1-1, this time against uh, Northampton. But a big talk point in this one was uh, the red card within the first 30 minutes for George uh, Thomason. What's your sort of makings of of the decision to to send uh, Thomason off so early on in the game? I think it's one of them. It, it, I don't think it should matter um, 
how far a game is into it. If if something's a red card, it's a red card or uh, that sort of situation. But I think the the real talking point for uh, for Bolton is that they've they've managed to rescue a point from that sort of situation where they're playing a game with ten men for so long, um, and they've and they've managed to get a point out of it, which is um, a good result on sort of reflection for me. Three draws in a row for Bolton actually against, but it's against Blackburn, Barnsley, and then. Uh, this one where they they fought through that uh, the red card in the first half, so it's it's one of those. Maybe on paper it looks a poor result and a poor point against a team like um, Northampton, who are a lot lower in the table than Bolton. But in the context of um, the red card, like you said in the first half an hour, then it's probably not a bad point for them. No, um, I'm not quite sure what to think about Bolton. I just, for me, I. Don't quite see them. I know they brought in Aaron Collins, um, and we spoke about that last week in terms of probably one of the signings uh, in terms of January windows. I just don't see. I don't think they've got the quality to perhaps push for the top two in, in the league. I think they're, they're going to have to be happy with uh, a playoff spot, which is where where they currently sit. They are third, just one point off the second place, but. I, I, I can't really see them pushing. I know we spoke about the, the games in hand, but you'd rather have your points on board. Mm. Um, I, I just can't see them pushing for the top two. What, yeah, what do you think? you'd always you rather... You'd, and maybe I'm just more like uh, more trusting in that Bolton team. I mean, they've got a fantastic team, but everyone in that top section of the table have got a great squads. Uh, and the, the squad, I guess, is the key aspect, that they've got depth. Um I think I understand where you're coming from. I think those it's you'd always rather points on the board, like you've said, but games in hand they're not not the worst thing in the world. I guess sort of as football fans, you add three points on every time, don't you? But maybe you might not go that way. But um, even still, I don't think Bolton are in a bad situation at all. In third in the tables uh, and in, within touching distance of the automatics isn't awful. If they can sort of um, start picking up more victories after these sort of string of draws. Because you need to be beating the teams around you, aren't you? Beat uh, the draws to Barnsley and Blackpool, a couple of those teams in the top nine that we're sort of focusing on. You need to be beating those teams if you want to be in the automatic spots. And if they can start doing that more, uh, then I guess that's the that's the step forward that they need to take. Yeah, so, so and, and I guess only time will tell. Interesting as well, uh, the Bolton have said that they're going to try appeal that Thomason uh, red card. Um, and also, uh, manager Ian Everett was sent off as well. Uh, so I think we're going to try mm-hmm. appeal both of them. So it'll be interested in the outcome of uh, that one. We'll move on to we've already covered Stevenage and uh, their draw against Port Vale. We'll move on to another side that drew, and that was Oxford. Another one-one seems to be uh, the the lucky score at, at the weekend within <laughs> League One, and it was to be fair between the uh, the two sides just below. The playoff spots in mm. uh, in in Oxford and Blackpool, three uh, sorry, two decent sides going head to head. What sort of caught your eye from from this game, Jamie? I feel like this one was a was a big game for Blackpool. Of course, being at home, uh, they've got a very good record at home, and um, they're the ones that have sort of got a bit of catching up to do. They're currently on 47 points, Oxford on 52, with Stevenage in that last playoff spot being on 53. So Oxford only one point off the playoffs, whereas um, um, Blackpool, sorry, 
are six points off. So winning this one is sort of closing that gap. But obviously, it wasn't to be. They're three league games without a win, uh, which has sort of followed a, a really good run. And now we'll talk about that when we get to Peter, but won't we? It's how a team's sort of come on to really bad form after such a fantastic run. Um, do you do you, uh, do you think with three draws in a row is it concerned? Uh, I don't think it's. It, I don't think it should be panic stations because um, they've been playing decent teams with Bolton and Stevenage and then Oxford. They're, they're teams up there, um, so I don't think it's panic stations at all. Oxford, I think they're a, they're a team that sort of confused me more than anything, and that they've sort of. <laughs> Dropped off since Liam Manning left, and Des Buckingham came in with all the like the furore that he was going to be fantastic, and it's not quite come yet. I mean, I think he probably will in the next season or two. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting one. It's their third draw in a row, Oxford actually, uh, and they've not won in five. They've only got one win in eight games, so it's two teams both on a, a bad run of sorts. Oxford stretching back a little bit longer, and I think Oxford will be the main worry rather than. Blackpool. I think they were second when Liam Manning, uh, Liam Manning, sorry, left for Bristol City, and they've they've dropped off um, considerably. I guess we really with those those teams above them being so consistent. So it's an interesting one. Uh, I think Blackpool aren't in a bad situation. I think Blackpool are fine. I'm, I, I really rate Blackpool as a side, and Oxford maybe are in a little bit of a, a rough patch. This probably. It's probably, uh, I don't know, I don't know how to word this, but does this sort of show the lack of quality perhaps in, in the league? The fact that we are seeing Oxford and Blackpool just outside the playoffs, but yet actually neither of them have had that good form in the past uh, mm. three to five games. That Although they've, they've not sort of uh, won in, in, in the past few games, I actually sort of just reeled off there, but does it, sort of show the lack of quality in the league that they can not win for a couple of games but still be sort of amongst the, the top eight pushing for the player spots? Yeah, no, I think that's an interesting point, actually. I mean, I, I sort of relate it to a Lincoln point when they was on their awful run. I mean, I think in the end it was nine or ten games uh, without a win. They started that in 12th. They've now won a couple of games on the bounce and they're up to 10th. I mean, they've not that bad run didn't affect them league table-wise, only a couple of spots. And I feel like a lot of people, are, they're just taking points off each other. Like the, the big sides in the league, they're all taking points off each other. The teams at the bottom of the table are all taking points off each other. And it's all sort of settling out. And I think it's a bit of a, it's a weird league more than, I don't think it's one that lacks quality. I think there's some great teams in this league. I think there's some great players, especially at the top end, um, naturally. And I think the uh, it, it's a good league and maybe more of an interesting one that there is so much competitiveness within the top um, the top sort of echelons of it. And I mean, you've got a team like Charlton down in fighting relegation and Charlton, they've got some fantastic players and now a fantastic coach as well. And... Um, I think there's quality in the league, even if maybe that quality is not performing as well as it could be doing for in certain instances. Yeah, maybe maybe I sort of slightly worded the the, the question wrong, but you get my point in that sort. No, of, it makes it, sense. It, yeah. it is tight up there, but perhaps in in recent years, uh, well, perhaps in compared to recent years, this league mm-hmm. one isn't as strong as as to what it, where it has been. You think of the sides that have have come down. Uh, from the Championship, Reading and Wigan both in financial trouble, neither of which have really been uh, sort of um, 
you'd expect to, to, to push for, for the playoff spots and to have a Blackpool are, are the only one that have come back uh, come down from the championship and are really challenging but even them are finding themselves outside the, the playoff spots and um, we'll come on to, to Peterborough then uh, one of two sides in, in the top nine to, to lose and it, they did just lose but narrowly they lost 5-2 to Wickham and that included uh, two own goals disappointed display by Ferguson's side um, do you think it's just a one-off or do you think that they're after going on such good form as you sort of hinted at earlier that they could now sort of spiral down and, and end up in, in a bit pretty bad run well you asked me a couple of times if I'm worried about certain teams we've got to the team I would be worried about and that's Peterborough I mean it's three losses in a row and they're all to bottom half teams in the division but it follows that absolutely amazing 14-game unbeaten run in the league. I mean, it's remarkable that they've gone on such a good run uh, and it's all sort of spiralled out of control so quickly. And with 5-2, it's... it's um, Wickham scored put five past Peterborough. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's yeah. it's a Peterborough team that of a really good side. I mean, I don't know if maybe the, the January window has sort of caused some issues with um, Clark Harris or the mess there and Mason Clark was going is he going is he not going he's going well he's gone hasn't he but he's back on loan for the second half of the season and maybe there's just been a bit of upset there and they're, they're not quite where they want to be sort of harmoniously um, in the dressing room but it's a it's a really worrying situation if he was a Peterborough fan three losses in a row like I said to, to teams aren't, who aren't battling for you in the positions in the table, they're battling at the other end. Uh, and they've got Port Vale on Tuesday night, and I don't think that's an easy game. Port Vale obviously got that draw that we mentioned earlier against Stevenage, and not a man, not, not got a manager at the minute after uh, Crosby was sacked, but they've you always see there's a bit of a um, like a rejuvenization under sort of interim coaches sometimes. You sort of see that, and that maybe that is the case. And I, I really think that's a, another difficult one. And it's, and then they've got Blackpool after that. And that's, I, maybe I'm, I'm higher on Blackpool than the most maybe, but I think it's a difficult couple of games for them. And I, yeah, I think it should be worrying times and they're not a million miles away from slipping out of the playoffs. I mean, they were fighting for automatics a few weeks ago and they're slipping the way down. Do you think the criticism of the goalkeeper was fair? So it's Nicholas uh, Bilokapic. He was sort of at fault for the fourth and fifth game. Uh, Darren Ferguson uh, defended him today after a torrent of abuse, um, saying it sort of steamrolled out of hand. Uh, Do you think the criticism Mm. is fair? Only 21 years of age on loan from Huddersfield... Um, what do you make of um, sort of the comments from the fans towards him? Yeah, I think it's difficult to single out one player. Um, I know keepers tend to get a lot. If you concede five goals, you've got to look at the keeper, haven't you? I mean, it's just natural. If he's picking out the, the ball out of his net five times, then eyes are going to focus on him. And like you mentioned, there are a couple of errors leading to goals um, and a not, not, a, not a good performance from him by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not a... Um, a one-person show, a, a five-two loss like that, they're conceding five goals. It's not just on the goalkeeper. Um, you've got to be looking at the team and the defence as a whole, and 
the sort of the, maybe a mentality in a way that the the they're struggling at the minute. But yeah, it was a it was a poor performance from him. But you 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 don't want to see a player getting abused because of an, a performance, um, regardless of how bad it was. But yeah, keepers tend to get a bit of stick, and uh, I, I I'm not I'm never a fan of goalkeepers really. Just naturally, I'm I'm always happy to put the foot in on a goalkeeper. Um, <laughs> but yeah, probably a little bit. Um, you never want it to go too far, dear. And uh, just finally, before we uh, take a very quick break, the, the last side in, in the top nine was uh, Leighton Orient, who fell uh, to a mm. defeat from Barnsley. Late defeat, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, Richie Wellens was the January manager of the month, but that was actually their first defeat since the, uh, the 23rd of December, so before Christmas, mm. and they're up, and, um, up until the result, they were actually unbeaten in this new year. We'll be, we're going to take a short break, but we'll be back very soon to discuss the rest of the games in the division and also discuss who we think could be the new Port Vale manager. We'll see you in. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome back to the Lower League Looks League One podcast with myself, Seb. All the L's. By Jamie, exactly all the L's. I'll get it at one point. Uh, too many L's for my liking. But, um, hey, well, uh, we've gone through all the top nine results. Uh, we're going to quickly pick up on a side that currently find themselves in the bottom four. And they currently find themselves managerless. And that is uh, Port Vale. Um, they drew at home to Stevenage, which we discussed uh, prior to the break, so all in all, uh, probably a good solid point at home to uh, a strong side. Um, but as I mentioned, they are currently without a permanent manager. There's been a couple of names flown about. Uh, I know we quickly had a, a discussion about this last week, Jamie. Uh, there's obviously been, been a week to let, to let things settle. It was quite raw when we discussed things in the in the review show last Monday, uh, a week later, uh, have you got any more idea as perhaps who could come in and be Potvel's new man in charge? Well, I'm interested to see what you think, but I know sort of the my gut instinct was Gareth Ainsworth, wasn't it, last week? And I thought I've absolutely smashed this because he was the favourite in the bookies' odds, wasn't he? That that night and the morning after, I was. I was all excited like and maybe reveling yourself. Yes, that's yes. it. I've got it right straight away. Uh, but now he's he, he's disappeared uh, from oh. the the running on the odds anyway. But I don't know how much stock people put into 
uh, betting odds and such, but a couple of new favourites at time of recording is uh, Matt Kennedy, who was dismissed by Lincoln in October, and Darren Moore, who obviously I know from Doncaster, but Sheffield Wednesday, and most recently Huddersfield, where he got sacked as well. yeah. very recently, really. It can't be more than a month ago after a really poor run of form there. Um, I, I Well, I'm going to change my pick from last week. I think Smart, the head's on. I'm going to have to move from uh, Gareth Ainsworth. Uh, and quietly, I was hoping maybe that it would be uh, who I'm going to say. I'm really getting the tension going here. Uh, well, but yeah, I, I, I like think a Mark... Big, a big build-up here, you know. Shall we have a drum roll? I think it should yeah, be... Uh, I think Mark Kennedy. I think Mark Kennedy. Interesting. Um, I think he's re- I think he's a really realistic option for Port Vale. I mean, obviously, he- I think he did a great job at Lincoln. I, I was um, yeah, always you, you, quite complimentary. Yeah, come on. you you've covered Lincoln for a little while, uh, un- as well as well as sort of under under Mark Kennedy's tenure. Uh, if he were to take over at Port Vale, what can sort of uh, Vale fans expect from him? Um, yeah, it, it, if Mark Kennedy were to be the new manager, let's say. From tonight, from tomorrow, what, what can fans expect? I think the key to a Mark Kennedy team, and I think it's not something he hides, is that the defence comes first. And this is why I'm this is why I think it's a it would be the, the better option out of what's available. Because when you're in the relegation zone, what do you, what do you need? You need a strong defence and a strong core to help you then attack from that because you can't be attacking from no basis it just doesn't work especially with a team uh, at the wrong end of the table so I think Mark Kennedy is the perfect person for that that he can sort of create a defensive grounding for the team uh, which is I think that's sort of what they're missing in a way of a lot of teams down the wrong end of the table you're missing sort of a a defensive now so they've conceded 45 goals this season in 29 games a few teams worse than that a bit lower down, but they're one of the worst defences in the league, naturally being so low down. Um, so I think Mark Kennedy will be the man to solve that problem. Um, and once you start sewing up the defence, you you start picking up points, even if it's a draw, and then, then you can start picking up the wins. And yeah, so that maybe that would be my explanation as to why I think Mark Kennedy is probably the best option out of those available. Uh, Gareth Angers was probably the dream pick, wasn't he, last week from maybe a Port Vale point of view. I, I was chatting to a Port Vale fan, well, on Twitter, uh, earlier on in the week, and um, she wanted John Eustace, which, uh, <laughs> which yeah. uh, uh, quite fine, this guy. Obviously, he's gone to um, he's gone Blackburn, now, hasn't yeah. he? Still. Yeah. But yeah, Port Vale, Blackburn, very different levels to the clubs. <laughs> and I think, I, I think Mark Kennedy is probably as good as it gets in terms of the available League One managers at the minute. But Seb, what, what do you? I've rambled on there about Matt Kennedy. Who do you? No, think no, no. Be? That's rightfully you. You you cover Link. You cover Link. Uh, you've covered Lincoln. I beg pardon for mm. for a while, so you sort of know how how Matt Kennedy runs. I think what you just said there about Matt Kennedy is sort of defense first will mm. be uh, music to Vale fans' ears. Um, currently sitting twenty first place in the league, although they are uh, on the same points as Charlton, just outside. Mm. Um, my pick certainly wouldn't be Darren Moore, uh, <laughs> just just based on the fact that Port Vale aren't in Yorkshire, and he only manages Yorkshire clubs, except West Brom. He only manages Yorkshire clubs, so uh, uh, no, that's just a joke. I just I don't see Darren Moore going no. going down to uh, to League One and uh, especially Port Vale. Um, 
can I see Gareth Ainsworth there? Possibly, but I think it'd have to be a long-term project like he had at, at Wickham. Uh, but what they'll need now is to be someone in to get results yeah. and fast to sort of pull them away from the relegation fight. Um, yeah, probably, probably would be Mark Kennedy. I probably have to agree with you. Yeah, join the Mark Kennedy train. Yeah, in in based on the fact uh, managers that are available right now, managers that sort of have uh, League One experience. I know Ainsworth has managed in League One before, but it's more on the higher end of of the table at, at his time with Wickham. Um, obviously, Andy Crosby, the, the man he he would replace. Uh, yeah, I would go Matt Kennedy actually. Yeah, um, did did pretty well at, at Lincoln. Probably mm. uh, harshly sacked when his time was up at, at the Central Bank as well. Um, probably deserves a, another chance. Uh, yeah, if if he was given time to save Vale, if you like, because that's that's the priority until the end yeah. of the season. That's the priority for Vale is to not get relegated. So if he can come in, save save Port Vale from relegation. And then use next use next season as sort of a, a building season. Um, that's certainly something that that would be um, feasible for, for for Mark Kennedy. But yeah, I'm going to be boring and, and agree with you. I think. Um, do you think it'll happen? And I know we both said Mark Kennedy, but do you think it'll happen? I think it's one of them. It's so. I think this is one of those jobs where it's really up in the air. Um, because there's a lot of people floating around, even though there's not sort of loads of maybe realistic being the right word, but people like Mark Bonner, uh, people like Dino Marana. For I can never say his name right, but Dino, I just tend to call yeah, him from yeah, Burton. Uh, who got Paul, Paul Burton, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, just got yeah. sacked, uh, left Burton. But he's he's one who, by the by, all the sort of sounds of reporting, he wants a project and coming into a team in February. That's not a project; that's a survival yeah, mission. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I don't. I, I'm struggling at the minute to look past Mark Kennedy, um, but last week I couldn't look past Gareth Ainsworth. So maybe, maybe so, next yeah. week I, I'll, so I'll who's, be looking. So who's going to be next week then? Well, could be anyone. <laughs> might, might be you next week, sir. Well, yeah, just... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah. Well, we'll have to see because what Port Vale needs since uh, they got rid of Mark Crosby, it's been one defeat and one draw, albeit a good draw. Uh, against uh, Stevenage, which we, we spoke about earlier on, they need three points. In, they need the game to to get three points in. Um, I know the next couple of games are away at Peterborough, who themselves are, are in bad form, and then uh, two other consecutive away games against Cheltenham and then Reading. That Reading game will be crucial, as will that Cheltenham one, to be fair, because... Uh, both aside, sort of around them. Uh, do you see them getting anything out of either of those games? I, I think they're, uh, to use the phrase, they're relegation six pointers, aren't they? Because um, they've got after that Peterborough game, they've got Cheltenham, then Reading, and then um, Lincoln. But then they're back into it with Fleetwood. Soon there's a relegation fight. Um, I so think they're, they're all, have... they're all sort of within a couple of weeks, and out there, the, the mm. fellow relegation. Uh, yeah. struggling clubs if you like so some tough fixtures yeah. on, on on your sort of question of will they pick up points I think they have to um, just to sort of keep up the, with the pace because the, the, when they level on points with safety with Charlton um, 
only a couple of points behind Reading and Shrewsbury. And there's a lot of teams who can get sucked into that um, sort of fight down the bottom. Even 14th uh, with Wigan, they're only six points clear of the, rele- of the relegation zone. I mean, it's so compact down the bottom end of the table. So I think it's one of those where they have to pick up some points, even if it's just avoiding defeat, but they really can't afford to be losing those relegation battles. Um, but no one can be affording to lose those sort of games. So now we'll move on to uh, the final part, and that is, uh, of course, uh, covering the uh, the other games which we didn't mention prior to the break. Uh, the two games are Reading uh, and Charlton, uh, but we'll start with uh, Lincoln versus Fleetwood. Uh, Lincoln coming from behind to claim a win and uh, a first home win for Michael Scabal. And in fact, the first home win since November. How impressive is this result for for Lincoln, Jamie? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's a it's a really, really good result, this, um, because they're on a good run. I mean, now it's uh, five games unbeaten. Those They had three draws in January uh, and then a win against Burton last week and now this one against Fleetwood. And they're going in the right direction after a really terrible run over Christmas. Uh, and the, the, the injuries that have been keeping them back are coming back into the squad now. I mean, they've picked up a couple more injuries that have sort of <laughs> unbalanced the situation. Uh, but Ben House back, his first start, and he got a goal. Uh, he wasn't meant to be starting. Freddie Draper was meant to be starting because they're, they're managing his minutes. But Draper picked up an ankle injury in in the warm-up, so pulled out and Ben House came in and scored. Um, the, the red There was a red card, I think it's worth mentioning, uh, just before half-time. And Lots of controversy over that one. Uh, from a Fleetwood perspective, it seems to be that there was a mistaken identity, and they, it, it was a second yellow. And by the by, the sounds of, of I mean, I wasn't at this game. Like I said, I was at the, the Doncaster game. But from what I've heard, that maybe he did book the wrong person because uh, it was a bit of a melee. It was everyone was having a bit of a scrap, and Stockley was there, and they, everyone was having a go on. Uh, and, and he books. Um, he books one of the Fleetwood players and then it seems, so then he walks away, the referee, and then the Lincoln players remind him, you've already booked him and then he has to get the red card out. So maybe it is a situation that he maybe he did book the wrong person. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, Fleetwood maybe, but Lincoln sort of came back from that. The 1-0 down at the time and they scored a couple of goals in the second half to win. Like I said, it's five games unbeaten and it's their first back-to-back wins since October, um, when Tom Shaw was the interim head coach and they beat Fleetwood and Charlton back-to-back. And they've got Charlton on Tuesday night. So can they make it three out of three? Uh, I think that'd be an interesting one to see. But they're into the top 10 with that win. So it's um, it's looking in the right direction for, for Lincoln. You spoke there in terms of uh, for Lincoln, look, looking pretty positive, as you said, now, now into the, the top uh, 10 of the league. For Fleetwood, uh, prior to the game at the weekend, they beat Port Vale, they beat mm-hmm. Bristol Rovers, and uh, obviously fell to, to defeat to Lincoln. Do you think uh, the positivity was starting to come back to uh, Fleetwood fans? Um, I know it was sort of short-lived with, with just two back-to-back victories, but Charlie Adam finally winning and, and getting mm-hmm. two victories in a row. Do you think that sort of... Um, I can't think of the right phrase, really. Do you think that, that, that hope was, was short-lived? 
Uh, I, I think Lincoln's a difficult place to go. Um, for I think even teams at the top of the division say that Derby, they got a point at, uh, at the LNR Stadium in January, and Paul Warren said it. This is not a diff- this is a really difficult place to go. A point's a good result. Uh, so I don't think Fleetwood look at games like Lincoln away and go, they're the games we need to be picking up points from. But they've got Reading on Tuesday night and that is a game they need to be picking up points from. Uh, and I know we'll talk about Reading in a minute, but another team down at that end of the table and they've got Port Vale in a couple of weeks, like we like we mentioned. So they're the sort of games that they need to be picking up points from to pull themselves out of the, the wrong end uh, and in that relegation zone. But... I'd be staggered if Fleetwood stay up, and you can maybe that'll be clipped back at me in May. I'll be absolutely shocked if they stay up. Right, well that that that'll be uh, clipped for the uh, the socials come the end of the season. But you heard it here first. Um, (laughs) I don't blame you. To be fair, I, I. I was thinking it, but I just wasn't saying it. But you went, you went there, Jamie. You got to go for it. You got to go for it, Seb. You got to go for it. You, you went there. So uh, yeah, I, I just think sort of, to sort of back to the sort of back that up. There's, there's so many teams in that relegation scrap, and you look at the teams that are in it. You're looking at Reading. You're looking at Charlton. You're even looking at Port Vale, and they're the teams that have they've got good teams. They've got good yeah. squads, yeah. and then you look at Fleetwood next to them, and you go, they've, they've no chance of competing and beating teams like that in a fight to stay up. And yeah, I sort of look at it like that. Charlie Adams surprised me a little bit with those couple of wins, but an inexperienced manager in such a uh, um, a compact and sort of overpopulated relegation fight, I, I don't think it's a recipe for victory. No, certainly not. And then the, the final game that, that we'll cover between two uh, sides in the uh, bottom section of the table, and that's regarding Reading and Charlton. Finished uh, 2-0 to Reading in Nathan Jones's first game. And this is worrying signs for Charlton. Uh, 16 games uh, mm. without victory. It's concerning, isn't it, for Charlton? Yeah, really, really messy. And Nathan Jones, it was his first game, wasn't it? And um, it's difficult that he's going to come in and hit the ground running straight away. But... You've not got time, really. That's the problem with coming yeah. in to a team yeah. in February, that you've not got time to be turning things around on the training ground before you go out there on the pitch because you've got teams like Reading who have got Ruben Sellers and they've had him all season. That They're beginning to turn a corner. They've back-to-back wins, this was, and they're unbeaten in five games and there's been some some tough fixtures in that. They've won away at Stevenage. They beat Derby at home. They drew to Oxford. They even drew to Leighton Orient. They sort of... All, they're four teams that we mentioned in, they're all in the top nine that we mentioned earlier and they've picked up points against all of them and they're the ones that are showing signs of, a, a sign of life and a, a player like Femi Aziz who got a brace in this one that's what you need a player like that who can pull you out of a situation with his individual quality um, it's, they're not out of the woods there's a few teams below them and they've got games in hand uh, like we mentioned uh, with Charlton but it's a it's a difficult situation for Charlton. And if they if they they have been sucked into that relegation fight seriously now, and they are before maybe a month ago we were saying oh it's a fight for them to to stay in touch with the playoffs, but now it's it's a fight for them to stay in the league, and it's not an easy situation for Nathan Jones. He's sort of come into a like a, 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 a like a lion's den, hasn't he? In a way. Um, so yeah, it's. 
things need to turn around quickly and they've got Lincoln on Tuesday night, like we mentioned. That's not an easy game. Um, but they yeah, they need to turn it around and, and quick. One one thing for, for Charlton, uh, you mentioned sort of that their position. Uh, they're only out of the relegation zone uh, on goal difference. Uh, joint points with Port Vale that, that we covered earlier. And it's also been rumoured in the past week that their captain, uh, George Dobson, could be on his way out. Um, I can't remember quite, but it, it was the team abroad. Obviously, the, the, the English window has closed, mm. but it's it, rumoured to be uh, for a move abroad. Uh, what do you make to that? Charlton losing the, the child. Uh, Charlton losing their captain too many seasons now. That's a tongue. That, I know, Charlton yeah. <laughs> losing their captain uh, when they probably needed most. What what do you make to this? That's a. If it happens, that's a huge loss, isn't it? There's no there's no other way of putting it. You're losing a leadership. You're losing a captain. You're losing a, a good player as well. Um, so that's a that'll be a, a sort of a, a punch to the gut, really, if that does happen. Uh, I did want to mention very quickly just the, the Charlton fixtures. I know we mentioned that Lincoln game, but we talk about them needing to pick up a win. After Lincoln, they travel to Bolton, then they're at home to Portsmouth, and then they travel to Derby. I mean, if you're looking at a stretch where you need to pick up a win and you're playing the top three back-to-back, it's not where you want to be when you're fighting for points and you need to get points on the board. So... I think it's it's dangerous, really, really dangerous for Charlton. And they can easily drop into that relegation zone. And once you're in it, it's a lot harder to get out of it than it is to to stay above it. Yeah, it were, just sorry, just pick up on what I mentioned. Uh, Captain uh, George Dobson was looking to move to uh, Ferrer-Var. Ferrer-Rocher. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is um, in Hungary. So looking for a move right, okay. abroad. Uh, whether it happens uh, sort of in the next couple of weeks or whether it, ha- it happens in the summer, I think we'll see uh, very soon. But if Charlton were to, to lose him now, it, it would be um, a big miss. Uh, this mm. week, we've, we've got two round, rounds of fixtures. Uh, obviously, one midweek uh, on, on Tuesday and one, as usual, on Saturday. Quickly, Jamie, what's your standout fixture for Tuesday? My standout fixture that now where we talked about um, Charlton Link, and I think that's a, a very interesting game. Two teams on the opposite ends of the form table, um, Lincoln on the uptick, Charlton on the way down, and Charlton need a win. They're at home as well. Nathan Jones's first home game in charge, so I think that's got all the ingredients for a a good night under the lights at at the Valley. Um, but what what about you, Sev? Don't say Barnsley. <laughs> no, no. Well, no, I, I, I'll. That they're away at, at Shrewsbury, but I'm going to go with again two sides at the bottom: uh, Fleetwood and Reading. Yeah. Uh, Reading have sort of dragged for the for the moment dragged themselves out of uh, the relegation places, but Fleetwood, after uh, two back-to-back victories, uh, losing again at the weekend. So that'll certainly be uh, an interesting one. Um, just a reminder as well: there is uh, the weekend uh, preview show hosted by Sam and Chris that should be out on Friday this this has been the, the Monday review show so Jamie thank you as ever for joining thank you Seb uh, we'll be back uh, next Monday usual time usual place so um, stay tuned but until then uh, we'll see you soon and uh, goodbye
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.